0: With all Wisdom, my name is Derek Brown, and I'm here today with Cliff McManus. We are both elders and pastors here at Creekside Bible Church in Cupertino, California. We're both professors at the Cornerstone Bible College and Seminary in Vallejo, California. And today we want to talk about the gift of prophecy. But before we get to our topic, I want to draw your attention to Withallwisdom.org where you will find a large and growing collection of resources that will help you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. In fact Our latest book has just been released with With All Wisdom Publications, and that's The Parable of Sports by J.R. Cuevas. That's actually a collection of articles that J.R. had written for With All Wisdom that we had posted uh, online over the the last year or so, and we compiled all those into a book. It's The Parable of Sports. J.R. is just talking about how sports really do relate to many facets of the Christian life, and not only metaphorically, but also in training and discipleship and how sports can be used profitably for the Christian, for the Christian family. So, you want to check out that book. It's very good. And now on to our topic. Among evangelicals, there's a debate between cessationists. So, we'll just get some terms out here in case you're not familiar with this debate. It's an important one. But there are there's a debate between cessationists and continuationists over the gift of prophecy. Simply put, cessationists believe that the gift of prophecy passed away sometime in the post-apostolic era because, among other reasons, there was no longer a need for the gift once the whole canon of Scripture was completed. Continuationists argue that the spiritual gift of prophecy is still available to the Church, and those with the gift should utilize it for the edification of the body of Christ. While it may appear that the disagreement is only over the continuation of a particular spiritual gift, there is a more fundamental difference between cessationists and continuationists on how to define prophecy particularly New Testament prophecy. Both groups agree that Old Testament prophecy is direct, infallible revelation from God that comes from uh, comes to God's people through the prophet. Cessationists believe that this same definition should apply to New Testament prophecy. Continuationists argue that the New Testament gift of prophecy is different than the Old Testament gift, and one Uh, continuationist. He's a theologian. He has an excellent reputation for being a theologian. His name is Wayne Grudem. Uh, He is a continuationist, and this is how he defines uh, New Testament prophecy. He says, quote, an examination of the New Testament teaching on this gift will show that it should not be defined as, quote, declaring the future or, quote, proclaiming a word from the Lord, but rather as telling something that the Lord has spontaneously brought to mind. So, that's his definition. Therefore, while spiritually profitable, New Testament prophecy, according to another continuationist, his name is Sam Storms, does, uh, quote, does not carry intrinsic divine authority the way the Old Testament prophecy does. And then, furthermore, this kind of prophecy, continuationists argue, is still alive and well within the church today, and its exercise should be encouraged for the edification of God's people. And so, in this podcast. We want to talk about those definitions. We want to talk about prophecy. We want to ask uh, whether it's right to define things the way that Grudem, and Sam Storms, and other continuationists have. And we want to talk about the uh, uh, difference between these definitions and, and uh, the, the change that, um, that this is wrought in the church and whether or not we should follow this line of argument. So, I just want to hand it over to you, Cliff, and see what you have to say.
1: Yeah, thanks, Derek that helpful intro into this ongoing discussion debate, intramural controversy within the, the church, within the evangelical camp today. As you just mentioned, those two well-known, highly respected evangelicals, Sam Storms, the pastor theologian and then Wayne Grudem. Uh, and just cut into the chase, we're really wanting to answer the question, what is prophecy? What is the proper mm-hmm. definition of prophecy? And it is debated in the church today, um, and I just think about in the New Testament, there were issues of controversy and debate within the church, mm-hmm. but never was there a debate over what prophecy was. Yeah. Everybody had a universal understanding of it. And that same thing is also true mostly through the history of the church, mm-hmm. that uh, the church collectively or what was recognized as the church, not counting the Roman Catholic Church, um, but Bible-believing Christians never really disputed or debated over the definition of prophecy. Right. It was always just understood. So that is a new issue, uh, and we'll talk about that in a little bit of how that's as new as and recent as 1978. But in terms of just cutting to the chase on what is the definition of prophecy, I'm just going to quote from this. Here's a standard uh, Bible dictionary. I can mm. pulled off any one off the shelf. Sure. And they all pretty much say the same thing uh, when it comes to defining prophecy. So I'll just read this one because it's good. It's standard. This is historic. Very simple. Prophecy. In Scripture, prophecy is direct communication from God's Spirit. Direct communication from God. Mm. Really good definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he goes on and also says that prophecy declares God's mind. Mm so when God gives prophecy he's telling us what he thinks yeah and it's come and he's the direct source uh, another way of defining prophecy simply is just by saying prophecy is direct revelation mm-hmm. uh, every time it's given it is new revelation mm-hmm. um, and or fresh revelation what I mean by new revelation it's not always a, a new truth but sure. it is newly given true sure. Or even a simpler definition, but a synonym with all of those is, what is prophecy? Prophecy is God speaking. Mm -hmm. God speaking. And we know from the Bible, God speaks in many different ways. But this definition that is from Genesis to Revelation, prophecy is God speaking. The Old Testament formula for that was, thus saith the Lord. And that occurs literally hundreds, if not thousands of times. Mm -hmm. All the prophets, thus saith the Lord, and then they would, uh, whether it was Moses or Isaiah, Jeremiah, And all the prophets, they'd say, thus saith the Lord. This is what God says. And then they would give direct revelation, the very thoughts of God. That definition and practice is carried over into the New Testament. Uh, We meet John the Baptist, Mm -hmm. who basically has a ministry of saying, thus saith the Lord. And he was a prophet. Jesus said he was a prophet in Matthew 11. So he was definitely a mouthpiece for God. He spoke direct revelation he used those kinds of words, thus saith the Lord, thus says the Holy Spirit. Um, so there's continuity from the Old Testament to the New Testament in John the Baptist right. of what the understanding of prophecy was. All the Jews knew that in John the Baptist' day. There was no question about it or debate or, oh, is a new kind of prophecy being introduced now that we're in the New Covenant era with the Messiah? Right. No. Uh, and then after the ministry of John the Baptist, he introduces Jesus, and Jesus— was a prophet. He was the greatest prophet. He's called a prophet in the New Testament with the capital P. And Jesus himself would say, thus saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. Meaning he was speaking prophecy, direct, new, spontaneous revelation from God in heaven. So Jesus also is in continuity with the Old Testament prophets. Right. So the definition even with the ministry of Jesus of what prophecy did not change. Mm-hmm. And then he calls his apostles. He commissions them with the gift of prophecy to speak direct revelation from God, and they had their apostolic ministry, and they also said, thus saith the Lord, and gave direct revelation. They were Jews. And, again, the continuity of what prophecy is is preserved from the Old Testament even to the apostles who established the foundation of the right. church and introduced through the Holy Spirit the new covenant ministry. Uh, and then the apostle Paul comes as an apostle, uh, the same thing. He's also a prophet. Mm-hmm. And he says, thus saith the Lord. And then God gave prophets to the New Testament in addition to the apostles, and they were gifted it, uh, this same ability to declare direct revelation from mm-hmm. God. So that when a New Testament prophet spoke in the name of God, and he was doing it with integrity, he was speaking literally for God. Yeah. And so that definition of prophecy from Old Testament to New Testament is preserved 100% with continuity. So the definition of it uh, doesn't change Uh an example would be in the gospel or uh, Luke's writing in the book of Acts, where mm-hmm. he mentions Agabus a couple of times. And in chapter 21, near the end of Paul's ministry, uh, Agabus is introduced and he uh, receives a prophecy from God. And literally, Agabus is called a prophet in that passage, Acts 21. And then Agabus says, This is what the Holy Spirit says. Yeah. That's literally what it says. Yeah. This is what the Holy Spirit says, right. then he gives a prophecy, and then now continuationists or those who don't believe that uh, prophecy ceased with the New Testament, mm-hmm. or continuationists, those who think who have redefined prophecy today, are accusing Agabus of being wrong That's right. and making a mistake. He didn't
0: get them. the details right.
1: Yep. So he was wrong. Right. He was kind of right, but he was wrong. <laughs> and as far as I, the research i've done for the first time in the history of the church in mainstream christianity are well known authoritative bible teachers accusing agabus of being wrong right, right and first time i heard that i was startled and baffled and i actually didn't know how to answer that it's mm-hmm. like why you got to be really yeah when he literally says this is what the holy the spirit. spirit says
0: which is saying which is equivalent to thus says the lord exactly uh-huh. and he, And Agabus is introduced in Acts chapter eleven, yes, as a prophet right and as a prophet who accurately predicted a famine, yes, and so he's his track record is already said as an uh, prophet who prophesies accurately, Absolutely. which is what you would expect because that's what prophets do um, starting in the Old Testament, all the way through, like you've just explained, the word prophet, prophecy, those words, they are connected to direct, infallible revelation from from the very beginning when God began to reveal Himself uh, through the the work of prophecy. That's what it has meant. And so, when you come to Agabus in Acts eleven, and then again in twenty one, what you should be expecting is that he would accurately prophesy, and whatever he has to say is going to be accurate and true, and, and from the Lord.
1: Yes. Um, so I got a couple follow up questions for you, Derek. So. We conclude that the traditional, acceptable, biblical definition of prophecy is that it's God speaking, and it is direct revelation, the very mind of God. And as always, you and I, we're not addressing these issues from just a theological, theoretical, academic point of view. It's because first and foremost, I mean, we do teach at a seminary, but first and foremost, full-time for you and I, it's we are primarily shepherds in the local church. We are elders, we're pastors, and we receive questions— and concerns from our sheep right. all the time. Right. And that's our priority. And we have to give them answers. Mm-hmm. We have to uh, help them from God's word. And so this is an issue that our people bring to us, asking questions. What is prophecy? Or I saw this uh, uh, person on television saying that they were hearing from God. They had a vision. They had a dream. Right. Right. Uh, and so literally in the last week, I have had two people uh, tell me the following one was just a couple of days ago telling me that they God speaks to them, hmm. uh, wow. in, even in a dream, okay. and even one time audibly, okay. God spoke audibly to this fellow Christian. Mm-hmm. So we had a discussion about that, and I just was asking basic questions. What did God say? Yeah. Was this authoritative? Was this equivalent with the Bible? Right. What did God's voice sound like? <laughs> uh, does he have a baritone voice? And, the reason, and I'm kind of serious there because— in the 30-plus years I've been a Christian, I've never heard God speak godly, right. Uh because I believe that God speaks through his word mm-hmm. and through the Holy Spirit. But this person is a Christian, so we had a discussion about that. That was just a couple of days ago. And then less than a week ago, uh, another brother told me that uh, he speaks in tongues as a prayer, private prayer language okay. every day, okay. which also has to do – and that intersects with prophecy. It does. Uh, because I think the New Testament gift of speaking in tongues is a form of prophecy when it is interpreted mm-hmm. properly because right. it is revealing direct revelation from God. Right. So this brother was, in my opinion, redefining what speaking in tongues was mm-hmm. and turned it into a prayer language, which is common yeah. in the charismatic world. And yeah. Full disclosure, I I was saved as a charismatic, as a young Christian, went to charismatic churches, the vineyard. and So I had the background, I understand, all that theology and uh Uh, Over time, I I came out of that movement. Mm -hmm. But anyway, getting back to the definition of prophecy, why don't you share a couple of things more related to the the issues we need to concentrate on and think through uh, with discernment.
0: So the question of whether or not or how to define prophecy is important. You said, and you mentioned pastorally, uh, precisely because what we're talking about is, and the claim that's being made is, um, at least from a continuationist side, if someone is prophesying, then that is, or if they're claiming to prophesy, then we take that as direct revelation. And the confusion, I think, that happens, that has has been occurring, is when a continuation continuationist claims that so-and-so has prophesied, the first thought that a lot of people have who are familiar with, with Scripture and what you are uh, brought to understand from the Old Testament through into the New Testament is that that would mean that such-and-such such person is giving direct revelation from God. And that... Uh, definition has been shaped in such a way. So now that it's, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it, it means what Wayne Grudem has said. It means some, something that God is spontaneously bringing to mind. Um, I didn't, I didn't uh, mention something that Sam Storms has also said. He says, um, that, um, no one prophesies today with a hundred percent accuracy. Uh, it, uh, prophecy doesn't come with inherent divine, uh, divine authority. And so that's confusing. Well, let me, let me ask so go ahead. I
1: don't. I haven't heard that quote before. Yeah. From Sandstorms. Uh, I just
0: pulled it up. Uh,
1: I've interacted with him a lot.
0: January twenty fifth, twenty twenty. Say that again. No, no one. one quote. No one prophesies with one hundred percent accuracy.
1: Okay. And that would even be true of a true prophet, right?
0: Well, I don't know. He, or... I think he's speaking specifically to today because okay. he's. Re- well, I mean, today. Yes.
1: He, because I talked yes. to him about that, and he agrees that you can be. You can have the true gift of prophecy Mm -hmm. or receive a legitimate prophet, but sometimes you get it right and sometimes you get it wrong. So in essence, he's saying you can be a true prophet and make mistakes sometimes.
0: Exactly. And so the way that Sam Storms has uh, defined prophecy or how it works is that you have um, multiple elements. You have the direct revelation from God. That's the first element. Then you have the reception of it by the prophet he's receiving it. And then the third element is that he interprets that revelation that he got. And then the fourth element is that he now applies it. And anywhere from step two to four, he can mess up because he's human. And so, therefore, you can allow for prophets, today's prophets, to be wrong sometimes. And so, that's confusing because like, if if the definition that we argue for, which we believe is the correct biblical definition, which is which is uh, clear throughout Old and New Testament that that's confusing because Scripture only has you anticipate that a prophet would be always correct. In fact, that is one of the criteria in the Old Testament, that you have to be right 100% of the time. Why? Well, because you're speaking God's Word. And so, that's uh, a confusing element. So, then what happens is you have these so-called prophets who are speaking? And I even had so you had experience uh, being saved in within a charismatic setting. I recently had an experience of a a man who I sat down with. Uh, he wanted to get together. We met each other on LinkedIn. Seemed like a neat kind of Christian partnership. We sat down at a Starbucks, and at the end of the conversation, he says, "I have a I have a dream for you." I had a dream, and God God told me this about you, and um, and he described the dream, and I kept pressing on him and asking him, "Is this so?" God told you this. Because my sense is that if this is from God, then it is authoritative and I need to obey whatever this might be. And the more I pressed him on that, the less comfortable he got with saying that it was directly from the Lord. Because he was starting to see how weighty that really is. And so when you have prophets today claiming such thing, it, it confuses people. Um they are uh, assuming that what you're Saying is directly from the Lord, and if if it is, then it needs to be obeyed, and if it's not, then it doesn't need to be obeyed, and so there's a lot of uh, confusion uh, at that point, particularly with the way this uh, gift is is defined by the continuationist.
1: Yeah, so you alluded to Wayne Grudem, and you referenced Sam Storms, there two influential guys who represent this view in evangelical Christianity today, and I think the nexus or the crux of the issue is. They're saying that New Testament prophecy is different than what Old Testament prophecy yes. was. Yep. And one of the main differences is that you can have legitimate New Testament prophecy and it can be an error. Right. It can be fallible. Right. Um, it can be kind of quasi-God speaking and kind of not. Right. So you have this dichotomy of the, the revelation of God that I think is illegitimate when bottom line prophecy is God speaking. Yes. And God doesn't make mistakes. Exactly. He never makes errors. Exactly. And I think we need to preserve and highlight in the proper order what is the correct definition of prophecy. Mm. And it starts with prophecy's direct revelation from God. Right. The thoughts of God, it's the mind of God, it's the truth of God mm-hmm. that he directly gives to the human agent. And you can't compromise on that.
0: There are just two elements of real, genuine prophecy. It's God giving the revelation and the prophet speaking it accurately exactly how he received it. There aren't four Right, and so that's that's an important point to make. Like you just said, it's direct revelation from God. So you don't have four elements where two to four you can the um, the uh, prophet can mess it up. Rather, you have him receiving it and giving it just as he received it. Yes, it's, it's interesting the 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 way Sam Storms breaks up the four elements of prophecy, where you have the direct, you have the revelation, and then you have the the reception, the interpretation, and the application. I read that and I think, well, that's teaching. Right? Exactly. Because we have that direct revelation in Scripture. Yep. We receive it, we interpret it, and we apply it. And along steps two to four, that's true, I can mess it up. Yep. But that's not what a prophet does. A prophet receives the direct revelation and accurately gives it to God's people.
1: Yes, and one of their arguments from First Corinthians 14 is, well, we know that New Testament prophecy is different because in First mm. Corinthians 14, it had to be tested mm, right. to validate whether it's true or not. And I'm thinking, no, that's not novel or new that was true in Deuteronomy 13 and yeah. Deuteronomy 18 yeah that's the point uh, God told Moses if anybody stands up and says thus saith the Lord you listen carefully to what he says yeah if that thing comes true that was of God yeah that was a true prophecy if that doesn't come to pass that man did not speak on behalf of God and off with his head yeah, that's <laughs> I mean right. they would literally stone the guy right. to death, or they were supposed to right. Uh, so the definition hasn't changed just by virtue of how it's tested, right? That's always been true.
0: That's an excellent point.
1: Um, so, w- going back to this definition, so when did this change? You, you made an excellent point to me that I didn't even think about. You know, I, we just did a three-day class on the sign gifts mm-hmm. and spiritual gifts, and uh, we even got to talk to Sam Storms there. I got, and then uh, we we saw Wayne Grudem just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I got to chat with him yep. a little bit. Um, So that was good, Um, and one of the things you came away with after teaching that class for three days was how the the non-cessationists or the continuationists, in essence, have redefined key terms. They
0: have, yeah. Redefined. multiple key terms.
1: Yeah, and you were pointing those out, and I was like, yeah, that's true. They've redefined prophecy. What were some of those others that they have redefined, given a new definition?
0: Well, I mentioned three, and then you gave me a, a slip of paper, see if I can find it over here, uh, where you gave me um, a few more. I, I, As I was taking our guys through this material, I s- noted that they have redefined prophecy, they have redefined the gift of tongues, and they've redefined edification, what it means to be edified. Mm. And let's see if I can... I'm not guaranteeing anything here. Oh, here it is. And then you handed me a little slip of paper this Sunday, because I think it was just fresh on your mind. Um, You said they've also uh, redefined uh, sufficiency, uh, spirit baptism, and in some cases, apostleship. And so, lots of redefining of terms, which is, I think, just that alone is an important observation to make.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, In preparation of part two of this, yes. I, I want to hunker down on when those key terms were redefined, okay. who redefined them, what the new definitions were mm. that have been given, how they've been mainstreamed mm-hmm. so that now they're commonplace, mm-hmm. these new definitions. The new generation of Christians, they don't realize that uh, these basic terms of Christianity have been redefined Yeah, because if they uh, were born and raised and, and saved like when I was growing up, yeah. this this wasn't an issue. Everybody, for the most part, in the evangelical church had a common understanding of what prophecy was. Yeah. Uh, so this is all rather new or novel, and we need to get that out there so that people have an awareness and understanding of that. Yeah, uh, a, a reformation, if you will, on these uh, basic definitions of Christianity and the spiritual gifts. Yeah,
0: and that's that's an excellent point. And so we will look forward to doing that in part two. And we just want to thank you for joining us for this part one on our discussion of prophecy and just uh, discussing issues related to spiritual gifts and the dis- differences among crea- uh, cessationists and continuationists within evangelicalism. We, again, we want to point your attention to withallwisdom.org where you'll find a large and growing collection of resources talking about things like these. That will help you with discernment, thinking clearly about what the Bible teaches, and helping you grow thereby in your walk with the Lord Jesus. And until next time, keep seeking the Lord and His Word, and we'll see you soon.